Welcome back. This is Talking to Myself, and I'm your host, Michael Stevens. On our last episode, we were introduced to Ari, a Manhattan teenager who found a mysterious object below a bridge in Central Park. Let's see where this adventure takes us this week as we continue The Clockwork Flower. Chapter 1, Forever Fields, Part 1. The run home was a blur of city lights, car horns, and nameless faces. Didn't have time to take it all in. Only thoughts of this clockwork flower echoed in my head. What is this thing? Who made it? What's inside? And finally, how do I make it bloom? Reaching the home where my mom and I stayed. It was a nice place. It reminded me of a loft and an old firehouse. Windows that let light in but you couldn't really see out of. I loved it. It was so open with plenty of space. My mom picked it out just after we moved to Manhattan when I was seven. The brown hardwood floors, reds and whites of the walls, from the brick and mortar, some half plastered over, the black wrought iron of the railings. Man, since day one I was in love, like it was my own superhero hideout. So many good memories. I quickly ran to an iron spiral staircase that led to the upstairs, which resembled an inverted veranda. My room was up there, or rather my study, because my mind bounced from subject to subject, and I'd often hyperfixate on new hobbies. It was littered with chemistry sets, art supplies, books stacked from floor to ceiling along with a wide variety of other tools from my many previously pursued hobbies. I burst through my door. Tripping over a pile of dirty clothes, I clutched my nearest prize tight to my chest as I began tumbling towards my writing desk. I landed, not so elegantly, into my computer chair, spinning rapidly before slowing to a stop and sliding out onto my head. I heard something rolling across the hardwood floor and opened my previously wincing eyes. The clockwork was teetering to a halt about three feet from me. With a groan, I collected myself, rubbing my head as I picked up the curious mechanical flower bulb. I set it on the desk as I dug through the messy top drawer till I found an old magnifying glass. Sitting down to take a better look at the clockwork and all its intricacies, I saw right away it was definitely made to open. Each petal had an almost micrometer gap, and at the base were latches. I turned it over and over, looking for a button, a switch, a keyhole, anything. But I was left with more questions than answers. I found nothing. I fumbled through my chaotically sorted drawers and grabbed for some tweezers. I tried to pull the pedal back, but it snapped shut without hesitation. A chisel? Nope, wouldn't budge. Aha, a soldering iron. Maybe I could take the petals off. I heated up the pen, impatiently checking it often. Ouch, I burnt my finger, 
Carefully I placed the tip of the soldering pen to the fine latch, but something strange happened. Instead of the latch melting, the tip began to melt away, backwards till it disappeared altogether, almost as if the flower superheated the soldering iron itself. I spent hours trying to get this clockwork to do my bidding. I tried a micro screwdriver. No screws, chemical reaction, no damage to the flower, but it did leave a sizable hole in my writing desk. My best attempt was tacking wire loops to the table, pulling several petals down, four out of what looked like fifty, and the damn clockwork flower snapped shut with such a force it jumped off the writing desk sealing itself shut again. I got so frustrated at this point, I took a hammer with a running start and tried to smash the flower, and that's when things got even weirder. As soon as the hammer made contact, or would have made contact, it was propelled through the air by a blindingly bright blue light flying through the air. The hammer hit my bedroom door, implanting itself into its thick wooden face. Trying to retrieve my hammer, was like trying to pull Excalibur from the stone. I could literally pull myself up with it. Finally, by planting both my feet onto the door and pulling with my whole body, I retrieved my hammer and fell backwards onto the floor. Laying there, I gazed upward to the ceiling of my room. That's when I saw it. Letters made of blue light hovering just inches from my ceiling. They looked like they were written in Futhal or something similar. I scrambled to my feet. I knew I had books on Norse and Gaelic. I quickly copied the letters down before I began my search. Looking through piles of books with every variation of runic language I could think of, nothing matched. Frustrated and feeling defeated, I banged my head against the top of my writing desk. The vibrating rattled the wall and the hanging bookcase just above me. Filled with childhood books, the rattle sent a haphazard laying book tumbling down with a crack onto the desk. Laying open, cover side up, I read the title, Fairies, Fae, and Magical Beings. I picked it up. I remember I was fond of the pictures, though I don't think I ever actually read the thing. But it's what got me into art to begin with. Seeing all the elves and gnomes, fairies and pixies illustrated so well, they were almost lifelike, but when I turned it over, there was a grid with runes, the title of which was The Magical Alphabet of the Fae Translation Guide. This was it. I'd spent the next hour getting the translation. Human destruction doesn't blossom or create. Only the sweetness of the Fae can open the gate. Whatever that meant. But it's a start. I began thumbing through the book. Fae sweetness? What is that? It's gotta be in here. Nice and tomte, like porridge and butter. Brownies prefer bread and butter. Pixies like pears and mallow fruit. Fairies like saffron, sweet butter, milk, honey, sweet cakes. Hmm, it's a long shot, but I'll try it. I ran and grabbed the honey we left in the center of the white granite countertop of the kitchen island. Well, this is possibly the dumbest idea I've had all night. I spoke aloud to myself, looking at the clock. 2 a.m. Oh, that would be why. I smirked decidingly as I let a drop of honey fall in slow motion 
to the centre of the clockwork. Nothing. Well, back to the book. I grabbed it and turned around. A bright blue light filled the room again, only this time it sucked me backwards as the portal swallowed me in. I can only imagine the clockwork flower snapping shut again as I came to a screeching halt in a field of purple grass. I heard a snickering behind me. Ah, hello, ah, and welcome to the Forever Fields. Ah. A blue imp, resembling the one I saw in the book earlier, was sitting on a signpost in the middle of the field. But there were no roads, so why a signpost? If you're wondering why it's called the Forever Fields, ah, it's because you've been sitting on your butt forever. Ah, the name's Grip. What's yours, Smelly?